Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Read scripture today. We're going to take the next four weeks and we're going to start a new series called Unseen Battles. And uh, I really, um, I've been sitting on this for a long time um, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to, to just help our church understand some biblical positions and biblical perspectives on what's happening in our culture. So this is really a series, uh, we're gonna go after culture a little bit. And what I'm gonna try to do is try to outline for you what scripture teaches us very clearly in scripture, uh, what is right and what is not, and what's biblical and what's not, what's truth and what's not. And But the, the major arching thing, every February we focus on family and relationships. And so next week we're gonna talk about the your children, uh, parenting, the mind of your children. We're gonna talk about that, so you'll wanna be here. And in, uh, in, uh, three weeks from now, we're gonna talk about uh, marriage relationships and marriages. I'm gonna talk about divorce a little bit. I'm gonna talk about different things like that. Don't, don't worry, you wanna come. I'm not gonna say if you're divorced, you can't come. Don't worry, I'm just gonna give you a little bit of a biblical understanding of what's happening. They attack of the devil on marriages. Uh, and then we'll talk about relationships too. So if you're single, say that ain't for me. Well, listen, if you want to get married, you probably want to hear that. Uh, but you want to come. And then on the fourth week, we're going to talk about relationships and singleness in general. I think there is an attack on singleness uh, in our culture today. And there is an attack on reproduction, having babies. And I believe it's a demonic attack in our culture to stop God from, from families from raising up uh, the generation of God. And so we're going to go into it. Uh, this week, what we're going to do though, is I'm going to lay a bit of a foundation for you just to help you understand this title, Unseen Battles. And uh, um, uh, some of the things I might share with you today might be things you might know being in church, but I want you to lean in because I believe what the, one of the greatest strategies, you know, uh, um, one of the greatest strategies of the devil is to, is to get you to think that there's nothing going on. Uh, in fact, the, the Church of Satan, I don't know if you know this, uh, Antoine LaVey started the Church of Satan. Do you know that they don't even believe in Satan? <laughs> they just don't believe in anything. The whole God is your God, and, and, and you don't need to believe in any entity. And so you think there's Satanists or worshiping the devil. Well, they, they are, but really, they don't believe in the devil. They don't believe in God. They believe that's a, a made-up story. They only believe in one God themselves. And it's one of the greatest strategies of the evil one is to get us to believe that there is no battle because you can't see it. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus here today, you know there's a battle going on. I mean, if you turn on, you know, you go on, I'm not on Twitter or social media very often. My wife's my Twitter and, and Brittany helps me as well, but I don't really go on social media because I do, I get really ticked at the world. <laughs> when I go on social media with YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or TikTok, God help me, TikTok, I just go crazy and I lose my mind and I assume there's conspiracy theories and I lose my mind and I assume everyone's out to kill me and that there's like, you know, like it's just, it's all, you know, I need to dig a hole and put my head in it and never come out. So that's generally what I lend towards. That's one of the reasons I'm not on social media because it's a toxic cesspool uh, and sex pool, but cesspool of terrible, terrible reality. And as followers of Jesus, we need to understand that if you don't think social media has a major part in the, de- the enemy's attack on your children's mind and on your mind, you are foolishly mistaken. Social media is one of the greatest ways. I'm not, I'm not even on my notes. Darn it, I got so much to say. I should just pull back. I'm going to pull back a little bit because... I'm telling you. So what I'm going to do is I'm just, I want you to know. So hear what I'm going to say. I'm going to teach the word, but I'm not going to lie to you. There will be, uh, I don't want to call it opinion, uh, but I will call it um, uh, um, uh, uh, perspective, (laughs) Uh, biblical perspective. There might be some things you're like, "Mm, I don't know about that. 
but I want you to say the things that matter most will be from the Bible. Some of the perspectives I have might just be from raising a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. It might just be from being married for 18 years. It might just be some of these different things. I'm like, well, I've kind of just seen these things. But most of all, there's only one truth we have, and it's the Word of God. And so if you're trying to find truth outside of anything else, you, uh, you will be led astray. And so we're going to base this entire thing on God's word. We're going to study God's word. And as you see, I'm a little excited to go there because I believe this is going to be great for you and for our church and for those who are watching online. So, you know, we have lots of people that watch online and are watching uh, on demand later on. And so we want to welcome our online community here today. We're glad you're here. If you couldn't make what's in the house. Thank you, Andrew. We're glad you're here, and I, uh, we want to thank uh, Amy and Felipe and all those guys back there for making it sound incredible. The last four weeks have been the best in six years. Yeah. Praise God. And so thank you guys. You too, Ezra. Ezra's like, what about me? <laughs> you too, buddy. Okay, don't worry. It's chill out, bro. Oh, my arm hurts really bad. I think I have tennis elbow. Okay. There's a marriage going, or there's a battle going on right now. And today my objective is to lay this foundation for the coming weeks of what this unseen battle is. And so what we're going to look at do is we're going to look at this scripture and we're going to study this scripture today. We're just going to walk through it. One verse, but we're going to look at a lot of other verses too. Ephesians 6, 12 says this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. So what Paul was doing here is Paul was finishing his letter to the church of Ephesus. And the church of Ephesus is where we find a great establishment for the ecclesia, the local church. And he was actually training the local church on how to stay healthy and how to stay strong. And he ended his chapter, he ended his letter by saying, listen, we are in a struggle. As a church, you're in a struggle. As a, as a, as a believer, you are in a struggle. It, it, the, anytime you hear a preacher say the purpose of being a Christian is to have a happy, healthy life. Listen, we do believe that God blesses us with health and God blesses us with joy and gladness, but you are in a struggle. We are in a struggle that is beyond uh, what we can see and beyond what we can understand. And you'll notice in the scripture that it says it is our struggle it's not uh, the, 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 the hyper-spiritual struggle. It's not the person who can, you know, intercessor struggle. You know, it's not the pastor's struggle. No, it's if you today say, man, Ryan, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's our struggle. It's your struggle. It's my struggle. It is your struggle. And in fact, this is like we're being enlisted into a battle to fight against the works of the evil one. Paul said this to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, uh, 2, 3, and 5, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up with the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. There are different lots of perspectives on this battle. Maybe you're in the battle and you think that it's your job to win it. It's your job, you know, and, and I want you to know, I'm going to say these four things. I am not judging you. I'm just saying these are the four different types of people, okay? So don't get mad at me. Maybe you're like, you know what? I'm going to show Disney and I'm going to end my, my Disney membership. I'm going to show them that my $9 a month, I'm going to prove it to them that they're wrong. Well, maybe that's you. Maybe you're like, you know what? I ain't never buying a pair of Nikes again and eating a pair of, I'm eating an Oreo ever again, you know? I'm never going to vote again or I'm never going to do this again or I'm never, I don't like Ikea because there's a spirit there, but I hate, you know, I'm never going to Ikea, I'm never going to Ikea again you know, because of all the stuff, you know, like, so maybe you're a person that says, you know what? I am a freedom fighter and I'm going to go out and change it. And I'm going to prove with my own choice in life that I ain't taking another step towards that. And so I'm not going to eat any brand that is all in darkness. And so you're basically eating like rice and, and, you know, chicken that you 
raised in your backyard, you know, because everything is woke, you know, every corporation, you know, except for Chick-fil-A. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Maybe you're in the battle and you feel like you need to run away. You feel like, you know what, man, this is too much. I need to go, you know, uh, move to, you know, Paraguay and, you know, live on the beach. Or maybe you're like, man, I need to go buy a thousand acres in the middle of nowhere and create a little commune. And me and my family will have children there and we'll, you know, we'll grow up there. And I'm not, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying maybe you're that person who says, I got to run and I got to get out of here. And ultimately, I want you to know that's generally rooted in fear. The first one's rooted in, rooted in control. Listen, your Disney Plus membership, whether you have it or not, you know, Disney doesn't care about your $12. They really don't. They've got a lot of other people subscribing to their channel. So I bless you. And I think it's, if the Holy Spirit tells you to do that, go for it. That's awesome. I mean, I only steal off James's and, you know, so like maybe I should deal with that. I don't know. That's it. No, it's not. No, Netflix is 20 a month. You and I know that. Or maybe you're here and you feel like you need to run away and you're like, man, I need to go out and I need to like escape. Or maybe you're in the battle and you're so in it that you've forgotten about the realities of this earth. That you're, you're so in the battle that you find yourself to be no earthly good. You're so in the battle that when someone gets around you, all you can talk about is the latest YouTube video that Trudeau did this and did that. Or I can't believe that this COVID thing or that lockdown. And I get it. Trust me. You fight a few minutes with me unfiltered and without the Bible, reading of the Bible and prayer in the morning, I'm going off. Like I used to be one of those guys and I get it. I totally understand it. It's the reality of it. But let me help you understand that, that sometimes we have to remember that we get so stuck in the battle that we forget you got to go home and have fun with your kids. That like, it's okay to go in the mall and walk around and be normal and walk with people. And it's okay to like do those things. Like I get it. I understand it. I'm such an intense person. And sometimes all I think about is how am I going to prove? I walked in a store the other day with a sticker on the wall. If you know what I mean, there's a sticker that identifies what they believe. And I said, where's the, where's the other sticker for like regular married people? Like, where's the other sticker for like my beliefs and my values? So I'm the guy that walks into the bank and says, hey, everybody, where's the sticker for me? So I'm that guy, but I'm really trying not to be. And I've, praise God, my daughter, my daughter has learned over the years that I honestly, I've, I've had to tame this. And this is why, because I realize I have to teach my daughter how to deal with this darkness and how to deal with things that oppose me because, because the reality is, is that my rant in the bank isn't changing a darn thing. But I sure feel good about it. <laughs> but it's not changing a thing. All it's doing is making my daughter nervous. And she was going to run in the car and cry. And Dad, why'd you do that? You're going to go to jail. I'm like, why are you going to jail for Jesus? <laughs> And then I go to jail and there's a sticker on the wall. And I'm like, shoot. <laughs> now I'm locked in the place with the sticker. Or last one, maybe you're in a battle and you're oblivious. You're like, Ryan, I just want to be a Christian and I want to get paid for my job and I'm going to go on vacation. I just honestly don't want to talk about it. Like I know like there's like stuff going on here and there's woke stuff going on there and there's this thing and that thing. And I just try to like, you know, stay out of it and stay out of the politics, Ryan, and stay out of that whole thing. And, you know, my, I'm just going to get my kids through school and it doesn't really bother me. But I want you to know that's not possible as a follower of Jesus Christ. Like you can't just close your eyes and close your heart off the reality of what's happening because if you say, Ryan, I'm a follower of Jesus, well, then you're a soldier for Christ and you're in the battle, whether you like it or not. And I just want to encourage you today that if you don't think you're in a battle, the devil knows he's in a battle and he will still kill and destroy what you're not protecting. 
And so we have a responsibility to protect our children, to, respect, to, to protect our families, to protect our marriages, to protect our church, to protect our friends and family. People are just walking out. It's like, I, I, shoot, I'm just losing them by the moment. Just kidding, Bessie. <laughs> she's going to go pray. That's what she's doing right now. She's like, oh, dear God. Right now, the YouTube officials are like, oh, this is going to be a bad one. <laughs> it says in the scripture, it identifies what the struggle is. And it says it's a struggle. And it's really interesting that Paul did not use a war term. He did not use a term of, of, of war. Actually, he used the word struggle. And that Greek word is actually the word for wrestling. You wrestle. It's a hand-to-hand, foot-to-foot. It's a, you're grappling back and forth. And what is he talking about here? That every reader of that time would look at this word and know that the Greek word struggle which means wrestle, is where they get the, the word for the, the palestra. And the palestra was like a, like a gymnasium or a, 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 in the central part of the city where they would have different sports like boxing and wrestling. And it would be a place where every day, day and night, you would find people training and they were getting ready to be in, in, in wrestling matches. And the reality is, is that these, these, these wrestling matches, this is where they would train and this is where they would, they would fight. And this was one of the deadliest sports in first century history. Wrestling was the most popular organized sport in ancient Greece. And it was extremely violent, extremely bloody sport. Uh, in fact, anything you could do was, was, was allowed. It's like MMA or UFC or whatever that one is, you know. Uh, well, you know, Mike Tyson bit his ear, so maybe he thought that he was in this. But, you know, breaking fingers and you can break ribs and you can, you can, uh, you, you can gnash the face and gouge the eyes out. I mean, it's a brutal, violent sport. Wrestling also in that day, did not end with a tap out. It did not end with a ringing of the bell. Most of the time, it would end with a bitter, bitter struggle all the way to the very end. And it was this contest between the two. And in order to make the opponent surrender, what was quite normal was, is that they would reach out and they would, this was the, the final move that, you were, that they did in wrestling. They would reach their hand out and they would choke their opponent until they would be killed to death. And in fact, this word wrestle in the Greek means to, to vibrate, to shake. It means to choke someone by holding their head down. For, for our wrestling match, our grappling, this violent war that we are in, it, this is a battle that you and I are up against. And this is, so when the, when the readers of the day read in the letter what Paul wrote, they were like, this is very graphic what Paul is saying. Now, this is not just a cutesy little wrestling match with Hulk Hogan with his big, you know, thing, and he jumps out. You guys know who Hulk Hogan is, right? Okay, I don't know if that's an American thing or something. Right. Randy Savage. <laughs> so we see here that this was a crazy, crazy thing. And so who is our struggle with? Now, you'll notice, firstly, it's very important that it says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. <laughs> this is really important. Because you are not struggling against people. Listen, our fight is not with Justin Trudeau or maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum, Stephen Harper or someone like that or Pavier, whatever his name is. Your fight is not against a person. Your fight is not against Joe Biden or Donald Trump. Your fight is not against Daniel Smith. Your, your fight is not against that school teacher who taught that weird thing. Your 
your fight is not against your barista who obviously has a clear, different worldview than you have. Your, your fight is not against those people. And I get it. I, as I mentioned, I understand it. It's very easy to immediately look at an individual who's carrying the darkness of this world and assume they are the problem. Trudeau is the problem. Klaus Schwab is the, the problem. Or, you know, Elon Musk is the problem. Or this politician's the problem. It is so easy for us to focus on it, and I know I struggle with this so much, but Paul wants to make a point. This is not a human issue. It isn't them. Flesh and blood aren't the problem. Your husband isn't the problem. The teacher isn't the problem. Your politician isn't the problem. Your boss isn't the problem. The Disney execs aren't the problem. Celebrities and musicians and Lady Gaga isn't the problem. In my day, it was Marilyn Manson. He's not the problem. Yes, they are perpetuators of this ongoing darkness, and yes, you should be careful and yes you should not allow your family to engage in those environments of course but listen as a follower of Jesus our prayer should be salvation not destruction our prayer should be heaven not hell our prayer should be help not hurt he says, listen, as followers of Jesus, you've got to get out of your mind that our battle is with flesh and blood because it is not. They are creations and they need a savior. Yes, yes. Come on. Now, of course, there are those who yield themselves to the power of power or the power of money or the spirit of these things. And they are now being used as a puppet or used as a mouthpiece or used as a, as a, as a perpetuator of darkness. So don't get me wrong, of course, they are the problem, but they're not the problem. The problem's not the problem. The problem is that there's something deeper going on in our world today, and humans are not the issue. And do we stand up for truth? Yes. And do I let my kids sit in a class where they're teaching all sorts of weird things? Last year, it was a lot of this was about smudging, the whole smudging, and they made my child go out and do a smudging thing, and Ezra was like, nope, I'm not doing that. And they were like, yes, but we want to be respectful. I said, I appreciate respect, but I'm a follower of Jesus, and I don't do that. And so he stood back and said, while they did it, and they came and complained to us, and we said, well, we're Christians and followers of Christ, and we don't worship any other God but Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. So you might say, well, Ryan, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, it is. It is a big deal. He says in the scripture who our, our problem is with. Look what he says. Our struggle, he says, is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the powers, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. See, we are wrestling back and forth trying to get the upper hand as he tries to choke us out. We are trying to choke him out. And it says the principalities in power. These are the demonic spirits that are at work on the earth. It speaks to a, a just a, a sort of demonic angel. Remember, at a time, all of the demonic angels that, that we encounter on the earth today were once heavenly angels. They made a choice, a created angel in heaven made a conscious decision that I no longer want to follow God, I want to follow the devil, and they were cast down to the earth. You remember that? And so we are facing this rulers and against the powers as referencing demonic forces that are at work on the earth. And we see Jesus actually talking to some of them in Mark chapter five. It says, Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion. You look at this, for we are many. 
So he's saying that we are against these demonic forces on the earth today and that these are principalities and these are powers. But then he talks about the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. These are the unseen realities of the battle happening above us right now. As we look up into the heavenlies, you and I don't see it. And we, we recognize this when Elisha was out and against a battle and he looked across the way and his servant said, uh, we're gonna die, this isn't good. He says, no, 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 don't worry. There are angels around us helping us. So look what the scripture says. In 2 Kings 6, 17, Elisha prayed to open the eyes, Lord, his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. The Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw his hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So this is referring to the dark forces of evil that are at work currently within the heavens that are working right now, battling right now over the realities of heaven, over the people of God, over the minds of those who do not know the Lord. Not only that, he mentions one more. He says, against the world rulers of this darkness. And I want you to notice something. It says this darkness, this present darkness, this darkness. Now, I mentioned, I don't know about you, but I, when I walk in Ikea, there's a darkness. And I think it's because they switched their messaging. When I walk into Starbucks, I, sometimes, certain ones, I feel darkness. Have you ever felt that before? I don't know about you, but I walk in Chinook Mall, I feel a darkness. I don't know why, because I feel like every pair of clothing I'm wearing is not good enough. You say, why do, does anyone else feel that? Yeah, sure. It's called a spirit. That's a spiritual environment. When you walk in a room and the moment thing you think is consumerism or I don't have enough or I need to get more or I need to look like that person or do that thing, you think that's the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit said not to worry about what you wear and not to worry about what you'll eat. He actually talked about fashion in Matthew chapter 6 and said, don't worry about those things. So we walk into Chinook Mall. What happens? Immediately we're thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. I need more. That's a spirit. He says against the rulers of this darkness. Now, this is a poetic phrase used throughout Greek language to describe, obviously, the prince of this world. And I really want to make sure you understand this. I don't want to rush this. I want you to catch this. It's important to me. Specifically for those who are on the fourth column of that belief system that, that I don't want to deal with this battle. Look what it says in John 12, 31. The time for judging this world, Jesus said, has come when Satan, the ruler of this world. Jesus says that Satan is the ruler of this world will be cast out. Look what he says in the next verse. Sorry, I lost it here. John 14, 30. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches, but guess what? He's got no power over me. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Ryan, why do people do this? Why do people reject God? Well, the devil has blinded their minds and they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news, and they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. 1 John 5, 18, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely. Therefore, what would, what would we didact from that scripture? If you go on sinning, are you God's child? You'll always be God's child, but listen, we've got to stop sin. In our life, we got to stop it. We've got the Holy Spirit convict us. He says, "Okay, come on. I want to. I want. I want you to continue to bless you as my son and bless you as my daughter. But, but you got to eradicate this area of sin from your life." And he says, "The evil one cannot touch them." Yeah. Come on, I'm gonna say that again. The evil one Amen. cannot touch God's children. Amen. 
We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Are you catching a theme? Revelations 12, 9, this great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to the earth with all of his angels. Ryan, why did you read all those verses? I need you to understand something. Yes, as a, one of the greatest reasons that I'm a follower of Christ is because Jesus protects me from the deception of the evil one. That I have victory in Christ. That I am more than a conqueror. That the demonic forces and the darkness that we face in this world has no dominion and authority over Jesus Christ. He's deceiving the entire world. He's ruling the entire world. So when you come up against something that seems crazy, and this is one of the reasons I stopped chasing after conspiracy theories, because the answer is this. It's probably true, but does it really matter? The Satan is the ruler. Like, of course he's back behind the dark rooms of government doing something stupid. Of course he is. He's deceiving the whole world. I don't need to know about that. I just need to know what the strategy of God is for our lives. And, and so we come to this idea that there's a strategy. And he says in 6.11, he says that you be able to stand firm against the strategies. Everyone say strategies. This is the word methodia. It's where you would get the word methodology, method, schemes, strategies. That means there's a strategy of the evil one. And that's what we're going to talk about for the next three weeks, four weeks. Strategy, a strategy against your children, a strategy against your marriage, a strategy against the church, a strategy against your purity, a strategy against your holiness, a strategy against your parenting, a strategy, a strategy, a strategy. There's an absolutely a scheme. And I want to give you two things. This, this word here is actually a sexual word, this word strategy. It would be the same uh, idea as uh, uh, the seductiveness of a seductress of a woman to entice and to lure a, a, a man into, uh, into making a poor choice. It's this, this deceptive, this alluring, this romantic, this beautiful idea that, oh man, if I just get that girl or if I just have that car or if I, I just can, man, I can just have more friends or if I can just make more money and oh, it's so beautiful or man, if I just go down this road or if I just make everybody happy with my opinion, then everything will be okay. And reality is, is that it always ends in destruction and so here we have the end game strategy the first one is to win the battle of our minds this word methodology methodia is also used paul uses it again in, in the in romans chapter 12 and he says do not conform look at this the word to the pattern of this world don't conform to the strategy or the schemes of this world. And he uses this word to, to identify for us that there is a difference between conforming and being renewed. One of the greatest strategies of the devil has been for the beginning of time to challenge our identity. He actually did this. Satan did this with Jesus. Look at this. If you are the son of God, the first temptation of the devil to Jesus was, I'm challenging you in your identity and how you think about yourself, your identity about who you are. And you see here that Satan knew who Jesus was because remember, Jesus was there when he fell from heaven. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus was there when Satan fell. But what Satan was trying to do was trying to use a strategy of challenging the identity of God, the identity of Jesus, to get him to begin to question who he really was in God. 
so we see here that this identity obviously is a massive issue right now. I'll talk a little bit about this more in the coming weeks, but we obviously, I have to talk about it. We have this big issue right now with transgenderism. I gotta say, you say, Ryan, what's our position on that? Well, our position is we love every single person. We believe in the Bible, it teaches us that God made them male and female. We recognize that one of the greatest strategies of the devil right now is to get our young children to question their biological identity. And as they question their biological identity, he will, the devil will come and screw up their minds. If you could just look at the statistics of suicide rates and all of these things that I'll get into a little bit to help you understand a little bit more. Now, on one hand, we love and we encourage, and we recognize there's a, a challenge there and we want to be empathetic and compassionate and loving. But on the other hand, we want to speak truth. We recognize that this is one of the greatest strategies of the devil is in also in, in alternative lifestyles, homosexuality and LGDB issues. And uh, the Bible very clearly teaches us that a man will leave his, his mother and father and cleave to his wife. And we believe that the Bible establishes very clearly that uh, the heterosexual marriage is what God intended. And that what the devil has been trying to do is to get the minds of people. And you are seeing it more now than ever to get the minds of people and more so the mind of followers of Jesus to begin to falter on the belief of God's word because it doesn't fit with the cultural narrative. The devil chose a time to prowl upon Jesus when he was weak and hungry. Isn't it interesting that in the same way, he does this to our children. He chooses the weak and he chooses the vulnerable. And he says, okay, I'm gonna go after them and I'm gonna perpetuate this darkness of identity. If God, Satan did that to Jesus, don't you think he would do that to little ones? If he's challenging the creator of the universe on his identity, we are not void from this problem. Today, it's aiming at our children, our little, weak, impressionable children. And the scripture says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Look, look at, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He uses the word, don't let your life give in to the strategies of the evil one. Instead, be transformed, metamorphosis, like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Let the word of God renew your mind so that you don't give in to the strategies of the evil one. Right, I would never do that. Oh, yes, we will. You're a human and you want to fit in and you want to be right or we want to, we want to make sure people like us or we, want, we don't want to be persecuted and we don't want to face hardship and I don't want to go to jail for God's sakes. I don't want any of that stuff. I don't want to face any of it. And so we tiptoe along the line and I get it absolutely, but we have to understand that we are in a battle for the identity of men and women. And today we have to make a stand and say we will no longer give in to the patterns of this world, but we will be transformed by the renewal of our minds. Also with the strategy of the devil is to question or challenge the truth of God's word. And this is the core of it all, as you see, because nowadays there's no absolute truth. The second thing that the devil did, the second time he tempted Jesus, his second approach was this. He, the devil, led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And then again, identity, if you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. Look at this. Satan's quoting scripture now. For it's written. 
He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. And actually Satan quoted this verbatim. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. See, well, what's happening here is that the devil is quoting scripture, but he's taking it out of context. He's quoting scripture, but he's leaving out the next verse. One way for you to determine what your worldview is, whether or not you have a biblical worldview or a secular worldview is a very simple question. Where, do, where does your truth come from? I ask this question to a lot of Christians and a lot of times I get this answer. Well, my experiences, my history, things I've gone through, ups and downs, failures. I say, nope. A believer's moral truth comes from what? God's word. And so what the devil was doing here is he was trying to twist this in a way. And he, he's tri he does tricks. He chose a section of scripture and he used it out of context. And he, he quoted this scripture, for he command his angels concerning you to guard you in their ways. They will lift you up with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. But do you remember the very first temptation of the devil? Remember when he walked the earth with Adam and Eve? And he said, one day the devil asked the woman, did God really say? See, right? What's the biggest strategy of the devil? To get every follower of Jesus to challenge God's word and say, maybe he didn't mean that. Maybe in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, when I read about lifestyles that aren't beneficial, or Romans chapter 1, or the book of Leviticus, or even in Genesis chapter 1, maybe it was a Greek nuanced word that didn't really mean that. So now we have churches like Kensington Commons downtown, a church plant for First Alliance, who now is an affirming church, publicly allowing anyone to come of any type of lifestyle, and say, you can come and you don't have to change your life. Churches like Andy Stanley down in North Point, getting up and teaching pastors. You don't need to tell your church that you're affirming. Just gently and quietly teach them that you are. And eventually, your whole church will be. We have churches all across the nation and all across the world who are taking scripture out of context just like the devil did to Eve and to Jesus. And they're using it to create their own environment. You see denominations, Anglican, Baptist, Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist, some Pentecostal churches, some Reformed churches, Mennonite churches, have all began to question and challenge the narrative of Scripture because it does not fit their culture because they don't want to have a battle. What's crazy is, is that the Scripture that Satan quoted to Jesus this is the scripture he left out in the next verse. And you will tread on the lion and the cobra and you will trample the great lion and the serpent. See, the devil said, oh, I didn't put that in there. Those references in that scripture are all throughout scripture to the evil one. And the true meaning of the passage of Psalms 91 is this, is that God will protect and empower his servants as they overcome the enemy, Satan. That's the whole point of the scripture. And the devil is so stupid that he chose the one psalm that is like the whole, every verse is like, devil, you're an idiot. Devil, you're dumb. Devil, you're stupid. Christians win. Jesus wins. You're dumb. You're stupid. All these things. I know those are curse words for some homes, so I apologize for cursing. The devil's strategy is to get our minds. And the devil's strategy is to get us to question the authority of God's word. 
And as we step into this next series, we're gonna talk about how there's a strategy against men. There's absolutely a strategy in our world against men to neuter men from their God-given authority to lead their families well. There is an attack against men. There's an attack against marriages between men and women. There's an attack against the minds of our children that they might abandon the truth of God's word. There's an attack to stop the population of the planet. There absolutely is, and I'm, I want you to be careful here, but there is absolutely a strategy of the evil one to abort as many babies as possible. And there's a reason why. Because the devil knows that once a young child meets Jesus, their lives are changed forever. He knows that the gospel of Jesus Christ will penetrate the hearts of men and women and that all I have to do is stop the next generation from believing in God. So we're murdering children and children are being taken advantage of. The strategy is against the institution of marriage, as I mentioned, and it's, there's a strategy against singleness. Now listen, I'm going to end here. Here's the best part, is that you and I don't have to be afraid. You don't got to be afraid. You know what I love doing, and my daughter hates it? I walk into Ikea, and I start speaking in tongues. I'll walk in and be like, you talk to me, I'm going to preach the gospel to you. You better walk out. And I do. Steph and I were in Mexico, and we, there was a, a person doing a, a, a something to this person. And I was like, Steph, this is my moment. <laughs> and Steph was literally holding me back. And I was like, I'm going to preach like Paul preached. You know? We have to recognize that you and I win. You don't got to be afraid. The devil knows that. You win. You have all the authority of Christ Jesus living in you. The Bible says that you, 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 are, you are more than conquered through Christ. We have the authority of Jesus Christ to call upon. But I need you to see this today. Paul does give us some ways in which you and I can stand against the evil one. And he says this, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after battling, you will still be standing firm. You gotta put on the full armor of God. I'll encourage you to go home and read that. We also recognize something, that Paul, this same word is used in Ephesians chapter four when he's talking about the local church. And this is what he says. You need to engage in a truth environment like this. I would encourage you, come to church, engage in the house of God. Why? For the only reason of this, someone's going to keep me centered on the truth. There's a lot of churches not teaching truth. You've got to find a church, and thank God you're here in our church, but you got to, if you're watching online, find a church that teaches truth. What he says here is that if you do that, then you will no longer be immature like children. You won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Look at this. Look at this first word, instead, we will speak the what? Truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the church. Now, here's my last verse for you today. I love this verse. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. 
and they have defeated him. Now remember, if you remember back to Revelations, this isn't talking about something that is going to happen. This is talking about something that has already happened. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose on the third day, the devil was defeated, and we can defeat him now as well by the blood of the Lamb, by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as they were afraid to die. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens rejoice, but terror will come on the earth. That's what we're experiencing and the sea right now, for the devil has come down to you. He's angry because he knows he has little time. Ryan, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Yes, because he knows he has little time. He's angry. He's going after your children. He's going after your marriage. He's going after your mind. He's going after your finances. He's going to do whatever he can to get you. Why? Because his time's short. He's angry. He's been cast down to the earth. He's roaming to and fro, looking for who he can devour. And it won't be us in the name of Jesus. And it won't be our neighbors and our brothers and sisters. Ryan, this is why we preach the gospel. Because their minds have been blinded. And guess what the gospel of Jesus Christ does? Removes the veil that they might experience the kingdom of God. Amen? That's why we exist as a church to preach the gospel of Jesus. Because the devil knows his time is short. And the devil knows he loses his battle. And the devil knows he can't have our marriages. And the devil knows he can't have our children. And the devil knows he can't have our finances. And the devil knows. The devil knows he can't touch the church of Jesus Christ. The devil knows. He knows. His time is short, and he's ticked. So don't be shocked when you're in a battle. But just stand to your feet. I want to pray. I want to pray protection. That's what the Holy Spirit put on my heart, to pray protection. Because uh, anytime someone gets water baptized, they face tremendous uh, attack of the enemy. Anytime someone gets saved, they generally meet an unchristian person in their life and it leads them astray. It happens every time. Every time we preach on the devil, he attacks. Because he's like, remember the devil's not omniscient or omnipresent. So the devil can't be in the same place at one time. So right now, all his little minions are literally going to report to the devil. Now, I would like to assume that. I hope that we have enough of a bang that the devil's like, okay, I'm gonna pay attention to these guys. So listen, when you preach about the devil, you're like, hey, devil! Come over here and talk to us. You should expect temptation. You should expect challenge. You should expect maybe there's fights in your marriage or sexual temptation. You should expect it. If you're here with me today and you're receiving what I'm saying, expect it. But no, we overcome him. Put on the full armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. Read that every day this week. Put it on. Put it on. Put it on. Because we're going to go to battle. Why? Because we're going to break down the strongholds of these things in our lives and have a game plan to be able to be a victorious and God-loving, fulfilled, blessed people in the house of God. Amen? So, Father, right now, I pray for protection. I pray for those in the church, Lord, who are weak in their spiritual walk. Not weak is bad, but weak, just they're new to it. Or maybe they faltered. Or maybe, Lord, they, they feel like they, they don't want to face this battle. Lord, I don't either. So, Father, right now, I pray that you would protect every single person listening to the sound of my voice. There would be protection over their mind and protection over their families and protection over their finances. And we declare today that the gates of hell will not prevail. That no weapon formed against us will prevail. But today, God, I pray when they feel tempted, they wouldn't give in. 
But when they feel discouraged or depressed or they feel this oppression or darkness, we cast it out. We speak the name of Jesus. Jesus over everything. And we declare today, God, that you are on the throne of our hearts and our lives. Now, Lord, we close every door, every window, every possible place for a foothold. And we say you are not welcome in our church and you are not welcome in our homes. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, come on, everybody said.